What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Recorded live. Well, here we are back again for another episode of uh, Sim League. Um, and I have two gentlemen on the call with me tonight. Uh, the first one... Uh, is from uh, the great state of South Carolina. Um, best moniker ever, on, uh, in my opinion, ever on the internet forum. We have JHB, which stands for James Harden Beard. What's going on, JHB? It's me. It's me. It's JHB. And <laughs> um, other, the other person um, actually was on the first podcast of Sim League. Uh, it was me hosting with, with, uh, with him as a co-host and Banks was the other co-host. Um, so it, 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 it's special for me because it's, it's, like, it's like the first time. You, you, you never forget your first true love. And I have the original OG of podcasting. I have Pistol Pete on the podcast. Pistol, are you there? Hey, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm very good to be back. It always always feels like you know you're you're slipping into a comfortable pair of pajamas anytime you hop onto the podcast with SPL. It just feels like home. So it's uh, always and 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 I'm happy to say that this is a Gamecock uh, dominated podcast group here tonight. We've got uh, between me and JHP. This might be the Absolutely. the largest yep. gathering of Gamecocks uh, in the sim oh. league in a while. So we got a pair of cocks on the uh, on the uh, podcast. Okay, but uh, no. Um, so you, you guys are both. So I didn't realize that you guys are both South Carolina fans. You're, you're, now you're in like what the uh, D.C. area, right, uh, Pete? Yeah, yeah. Went went to school in South Carolina, but up in the D.C. area now. Okay. Have you uh, rubbed elbows on Capitol Hill with uh, Bernie Sanders lately? I used to see him all the time. I used to work in the Senate, and uh, I'd see his crazy ass uh, walking off the Senate floor with his hair all disheveled, and he'd just be like, excuse, excuse me, excuse me, i got to go on the train, excuse me. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, he, he always looked like he was in a hurry, although he may have just gotten lost on his way to the office. I can't tell. Maybe maybe he was trying to go to the restroom. Who knows? Um, I, mean, I mean, he's an old guy with probably bladder issues. Um but uh, I tell you what, why don't we uh, jump in um, to a little bit of Sim League talk. Um, and, and the first thing that I want to kind of look at here is some of the trades that have happened recently. Um, and and um, I, I'm going to kind of mention this trade, um, not really because of significance, but because I feel like the team is a little bit directionless. Um, trade 2044, we had the Bulls and the Bullets make a trade. Um, Bullets obviously know what they're doing. The Bulls, on the other hand, in my opinion, I don't get it. Um, they trade for a Brandon Armstrong. They give up a 48 first round. Um, I'm going to throw this over to JHP. Is this making any sense to you? Um, 
See, I I got caught up, and I'm I don't know Lip. Can someone explain Lip's backstory to me because he's joined in the in the brief time period that I left the league. Is he like a has he done some league before, or is he still a relative newcomer? Who Lip? Um, yeah, I mean he's uh he was Delap's friend. Yeah, he's Delap's friend um, that uh, that joined, and this is maybe his. Um, what about fifth season with us? Maybe I, so, I'd say fifth or sixth, even. Yeah, it, it feels yeah. like he's been around for a little bit. Yeah, so it's it, it's not like it's um it's not like this is like new. And this is dating back to you mean to to last season where he traded um, all of his first round draft picks for. I mean, pretty much nothing. Um, and unfortunately, I, I feel bad because I did take advantage of him on the deal a little bit. Um, but um, I, I just don't get what what he's doing. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, it's it, like it reminded me a lot of some of the trades that I made when I first started, and I wasn't really sure what I was doing yet. Because coming back to the league and not knowing any of the players, I got intrigued when I saw just his points per game and, and can had said like elite wing available. And I was like, Oh, let me take a look at this guy. And then I saw that he had never played 13 minutes before this year. I think his points per game totals already dropped like six points a game since he moved to a team with other guys that shoot. I mean, the guy's making what? 2.7 mil for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of some high turnovers. The defense looks interesting but doesn't rebound at all. Um, not great size. I mean, he's the kind of guy that you sign on an MLE and you're really happy because you had a hole at shooting guard and he fills the shit out of it, but not a guy that you give up a first-rounder for when his contract's expiring and someone could throw 10 mil a year at him and you lose him. But yeah, just not a great trade for him in my opinion. Fissel, you you kind of thinking the same thing, or did you uh, echo any different thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I think that right now, uh, Lip doesn't really seem to. I don't know. It, it seems like in this league, there's there's pretty much like two ways to build a team, which is either you completely bottom out and you find you know a couple studs in the draft, and, or you know pick up the pieces to make, swing a really big trade. Or, you know, you, you find ways to roll what you have into slightly better and or slightly younger and then just hope that you can develop your guys. And uh and I don't it seems like he's trying to go that second route, but uh you know, I, I just don't think he's got the kind of ammo to really pull off a trade for a for a big star and, and he's just gotten a lot of guys on his team that look you know, good, average, above average, uh, but nobody who's great. So the ceiling is probably where he's at. Where he's at right now. You know, there's usually enough teams tanking that you can make a run for the eight seed, even with kind of a ho hum roster. But uh, but that's pretty much it. So you know, he's he's just got to figure that out. And I see we have uh, North Central Texas that joined us. Um, I'm going to assume this is Odin. Is that you, buddy? Hey guys, coming to you live from a bubble bath. 
It's soup. That's soup. What's up, fellas? Soup. Now, was, did, Lord, did the bathtub? Did the bathtub have bubbles in it, or are you just having a good time in there, keeping yourself no entertained? Comment. No comment. <laughs> just uh, relaxing after a hard day of work, listening to a little podcast. Well, Which one? Uh, we are excited to have you on here. You I mean when when are you going to uh break your uh fear of uh of uh Sim League and come back? I mean it's because because there's a rumor going around that you're afraid to compete now. Well the plan was to rejoin five months ago when we did the hip hop podcast or power hour, but nobody would send in songs to complete well, nobody except Pete. Like yeah, the guy sent in like <laughs> half songs. an hour worth of songs. And I kept having people like Banks and Ankley said they'd send me songs, but they never would. So that was the first opportunity. And then the second opportunity was your last podcast. Then everybody bailed on you and you weren't able to do it. And now it seems like all the teams are full, so I'm back on the bench. Pretty pretty convenient here that uh, things yeah. keep happening. You know, we keep finding out about this stuff uh, a little a little after the fact, you know, but that's okay. Time was never my thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I miss you, buddy. Well, now, you're stuck, to you. now you're stuck behind the mysterious Billy King on the uh, on the bench here. What's yeah, the, he's getting the call up. Anybody figure out who Billy King was? Yes, he's Farva. He's stolen another person's identity on the Internet. That created my, their own sim so that he could come to our board and troll. He oh would do my that. god! <laughs> my actual guess is I think it's Banks, but I don't know. Yeah, I did the IP tracker and it came to Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I know Banks is <laughs> from that area. And he's <laughs> not smart. He's not smart enough to do a <laughs> fake IP address. Maybe it is. Maybe it is some, like, random person that did a search on the Internet and came across it. Well, remember we had that person a long time ago who said he found us from the, was it the Aaron Harrison stats, yeah. uh, stats reference? And we we didn't believe him for the longest time. We ended up scaring him off, and he ran away. Um, I don't believe him. I don't believe in any of this. <laughs> I don't think you're real, actually. I think you're probably bad, just hey. some awful. Yeah, don't pay you can prove it. <laughs> The bubble bath. Oh Jesus Christ! No, uh, it, it, or it could be maybe somebody from the internet service provider that uh, because uh, it, it, something got reported. Who knows? Remember that time me and Pete scared the lead and thought we were getting <laughs> shut down. <laughs> That's what I was referencing. Yeah, it was pretty funny. We Wait, need another. What was the, the backstory of that? I, I vaguely remember that, but I don't remember the whole story. Do you remember I, what started it, Pete? Yeah, I think uh, Dump said something about him being Sicilian, so I posted that clip from True <laughs> Romance, <laughs> yeah, True where Christopher Walken talks about Sicilians and how they're descended from uh, no, no, from no, the no, black no. people. The, the Dennis Hopper reference to yeah. Walken. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even, yeah, Dennis know. Hopper talking to Christopher Walken. Yeah. We got shut down for racism for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I've got to hop off. i got to join my other podcast, my Madden League podcast, but I just wanted to call in and say hi. Okay, bye. All right, Soupy. Hey, uh, 
Great. Don't be a stranger. Okay, so uh, we had a nice uh, call in from there from Soup. Um, always good to hear from him, and hopefully he uh, gets over his fear of uh, trying to compete again, and, and he comes back. But moving on in some of the trades that were interesting to me. Um, next trade, uh, 2045, uh, we're going to talk about is uh, between the Nets, the Spurs, and the Clippers. Um, basically, um, Nets move Dominique. Uh, they pick up uh, uh, they pick up is basically the bottom line. Um, what, what did uh, I'm going to throw this over to Pistol first? Pistol, what, what did you think of this deal? You mean think this is a really good move for the Nets or? Or uh, what do you think? Uh, who who do you think made out on this one? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's like a really good move for him. It's I, I think it was a smart move because Neek was uh, like 34 or something like that, and and Battier is a bit younger, and Battier can actually play uh, shooting guard, which I I don't think Neek could. I can't remember. Uh, but you know, I, I think it's they're they're pretty similar players at this point. Battier is maybe a little bit better offensively, a little bit worse defensively than Neek. So, you know, I, I think it's a good move to get another couple of years out of that position. And, uh, and you know, I, I guess it cost him a couple of his picks and, and he got one back in the deal. So, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was a fair trade for him. I, I didn't really hate it for anybody. You know, I thought the Clippers got a good return on uh, on Battier with, you know, a few pieces that should help them add some depth. And then uh, the Blazers essentially just – or uh, not Blazers, uh, Spurs, you know, get Pietrus, who I don't, I don't really like that much, but whatever. It didn't cost them much. Yeah, I mean, the Pietrus, I mean, doesn't have much upside. I mean, they- to me, it was just um, a guy that uh, he, he might turn into something, might not. Um, well, but I'm going to throw this over to uh, to JHP. JHP, what do what do you think of this uh, this deal here? Well, I posted my thoughts in the thread. I think that the Nets got the best player in the trade easily, and they also got the best pick because while it might not end up being anything, you know that the Nets 45 and 46 probably is not going to be worth a shit. The Hornets right now are winning their division this year. That pick's not probably going to be great, but Arenas and Baylor could both not be on the Blazers next year, and that pick could be prime. So the Nets could pick up a potential lottery pick while also getting better in that trade. So I thought they dominated it. It wasn't a bad trade either for the Clippers or the Spurs, so it's not like he, you know, trade rates them, but I thought it was a great trade for him. Yeah, um, the rest of the trades really that are out there really aren't um, worth mentioning that I see. I mean, it's um, Newell being moved. I mean, um, I guess, you mean, Brent Price going from the Blazers to the Suns for, I mean, this is a little bit of an interesting deal. I mean, um, Blazers had Brent Price, McAlvine, Nate, and then Ajayi. And their 48st round for Harold Miner and Paul Young Thomas. Uh, to I mean, um, I don't know. Um, I think this hurts the Blazers big, um, but he gets a score. I just don't know how much of an improvement Miner is over Price. Uh, what do you think, Pistol, on this one? 
Yeah, I, I'm kind of in agreement uh, with that. I, I thought that was uh, seemed to be the general consensus coming out of it, and and who am I to argue with general consensus? But uh, no, I, I think uh, you know he's he got a little bit older. Like Miner signed for a long time uh, at his age at 33, where you know he's got the potential at like age 36 to 37 to be eating up you know 26 million of the cap. Uh, so long-term, it's probably not a great idea. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, just sort of, uh, I, like, I don't think Brent Price is much of a downgrade from Miner. So, you know, I, I think Miner can score and he can rebound pretty well. But, uh, but other than that, he's, he's, he's good. He's just not, I don't think, good enough to justify the eventual cap hip he's going to cap hit he's going to have. Yeah. Well, what do you think on this one, JHP? Well, I thought at first, at first that it was a great trade for him because if he could bring back Baylor and Arenas for three more years each, it could give him kind of a a good window to extend the time that he's competitive until his picks are, are you know, kind of back and he could start a tank. But then I've started kind of looking at it. And while this will – I think he'll last a little bit longer than Bryce would for just this year. It wasn't that big of an upgrade to give a first that far down the road for. And uh, like I said, if Baylor and Arenas disappear after this year, that's kind of an albatross of a contract to try and trade. And then to not really have any picks, he could, he could really be stuck in a shitty four semi years where he's kind of trying to put, mid-level free agents around Harold Miner to win 40 games a season. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was in that hell. So I I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're all in the kind of agreement that, you I mean, that was kind of a deal that, um, you mean, I understand why he did it. He, he was trying to make an impact move. Um, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't know if, if that move's going to be enough of an impact. Um, I mean, unfortunately, um, he, he he had to move probably uh, his best big uh, or one of his best bigs in McAlvine, who I think the the big thing with McAlvine is he just doesn't shoot. I mean, he rebounds, he plays defense, and doesn't shoot, and he gives more shots to his other guys. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't like him giving up him uh, in the deal with us. Um, so. But uh, we'll move on to the standings of uh, where we're at right now. Um, right now, um, let me let me ask you guys this: um, any surprises that you guys have seen in the standings thus thus far this year? I'll throw this out to the JHB first. Any, any anything that rings out to you as a surprise that hey, this team's either up or down in the standings. Um, well, I didn't know enough coming into this year to really have any expectations. I didn't think the Hornets looked as good as they've been, but I think a lot of that had to do with that. Uh, I think was Shrimp playing power forward before this year? No, he was always playing. Well, he was playing power forward until the Jazz signed him, and then the Jazz moved him to small forward, and then the Jazz moved him over to, um, to Charlotte for basically nothing. Um, okay, well, he's yeah. made a, a fairly big 
a fairly big jump this year, going from 25 points a game to 30. And then I think is it somebody else on that team was kind of surprising to me. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I just didn't expect them to be as good as they have been um, this year. That was, I think, the biggest one because I think originally I had chosen the Pacers to win the Central, and then I amended my uh, my predictions last minute to make the Hawks the Central winners because of my shrewd trade to get Zarka, and I got a little cocky <laughs> JHP for a second uh, because I didn't know anything about the league as it were this year, but my team's mediocre as fuck, which I kind of expected, but I expected the whole central to be mediocre as fuck. And there not to be any teams that were like Charlotte that were capable of winning, you know, 60% of their games. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw this over to uh, pistol pistol. Um, when looking at the standings right now, is there anything that really uh, surprises you where, um, when, when you first look at the standings? Uh, I mean, really, probably the biggest surprise to me so far this season has been uh, that the Sonics are on the outside looking in in the playoff picture. You know, I, I think I joked around early in the season about uh, the Sonics voodoo doll because I, uh, I have their pick, and uh, they started out kind of slow, and I was like, oh, man, it's mm-hmm. great. But I, I expected that he was going to end up near the top of the West uh, as we went along, but he's still, you know, we're, we're now uh, almost – three quarters of the way through the season and, and there's still four games out of the playoffs. So uh, that's a team that I really thought was going to be, yeah, among the handful of teams that could actually come out of the West and, uh, and to see that, you know, they're just completely out of the playoff picture is, is pretty surprising. Why are they so bad? I can't figure it out. Yeah. They're not bad, but like all the pieces, appear to still be there. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe Fagley, you know, his defense actually was, like, really important for him or something because I guess he traded him to the Bullets for Jesus, and Jesus still looked good, but uh, for some reason, yeah, something about that team is uh, lacking. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it, it, they were they were going to be the team that I was going to talk about just just because of that. I mean, I I don't I don't get what they're missing. I mean, because even if you look at their the the, the core defensive stats to those core stats on the season, um, I mean, nine point seven steals per game, not bad. Twelve point two blocks per game, not bad. Four sixty one field goal percentage, not bad. Fifty six point seven rebounds, a little bit more on the low end. Um, I mean, you, I you think probably that. I think that combined with their high turnovers, because I think their point guards are like three and a half a game, and Worthy's at two and a half a game. Yeah, yeah. They might be losing possessions there, and not being turning over at a fairly high level. Yeah, and uh, and when you look at the advanced stats, I know there was an update today. Uh, they have been like super unlucky this year. I think they're you know four four and a half wins behind where you'd expect them to be. So, I mean, that, that's still a lot lower than I would I would have thought for the amount of talent on his roster. But, you know, that would be basically in the eighth seed uh, if, if that were the case. So, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit of bad luck to, for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, it also might be scheduling too, because I mean, and it also might be the emergence of so some of the other teams in the West, like the Kansas City Kings um, and the Houston Rockets, with what they picked up, uh, really emerging out in the West. Um, and, and I think they've had to play them a few times already. So, I mean, it, it might be that. Um, let me look at their schedule and see. I mean, maybe they're going to be backloaded with some cupcakes coming up here um, that they're going to be able to gobble up some wins. The Thunder, the Magic, Clippers, Raptors, Celtics, Raptors, Blazers, uh, yeah, Blazers. Put them into the Central this year. They would have three or four more wins than the Hornets and be one in the division. But, I mean, the West yeah, would only have four true tankers, so. Yeah, just looking at the back half of their schedule, I, I'm seeing there's a lot of winnable games um, for the Sonics on the back half of their schedule uh, or the back part of their schedule here. Um, so they might be able to make up ground and slip into that 7th or 8th seed. So sorry to say that, Pete, but, I mean, they might be able to slip in. But um, hey, As long as they knock the Clippers out, I'm okay with it because I got the Clippers picked too. So. <laughs> So as long as one of them lose, um, yeah. that's all that really matters to you. Um, get, get you more lottery picks. Um, but um, so going to go through the standings a little bit here, and, and we'll start with uh, the, the Eastern Conference. And something we, we, we typically um, do um, is look at teams and say, okay, who are our pretenders and our contenders in the division here? Um I, I, and, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'll start with the Atlantic Division. Um, Knicks, what, what do you guys think? Contenders, reigning champions, what do you guys think? Is that pretty unanimous? I think the yeah. top three of the, the Atlantic are all contenders. I think they're they're the class the of Knicks, that. Knicks, Sixers, and Nets, all contenders? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'd agree. Uh, Knicks, you know, for sure have the horses to uh, to make a, a playoff run. They did it last year, and, and really they're still leading their division with Sam Jones having a really bad year. So, uh, you know, I, I think that they've, uh, they've definitely got what it takes. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised with, um, with, with the bigs that he kind of put together that he's being this effective. You think you think you think those lack of bigs are gonna hurt him come playoff time um, with 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 rebounding? Yeah, I mean he's he's rebounding 58 a game, so it's I think he's got some pretty good rebounding from uh, from his guards uh, and and his backups actually look like they're pretty good, but uh, but I you know I think he's just been hunting for these bargain bin bigs uh, the past couple of years, and and they've done them pretty well. So I don't think it's going to be too much of a uh, drawback. Didn't seem to bother him last year. Okay. Um, then after them we have in, in the Atlantic we have uh, we have the Magic, the Celtics, the Heat, and the Bullets. Um, pretty much going to label them all pretenders. What do you guys think? Uh, anything? Anything? Special about any of these teams that you think can make a make a make a run? No. No. What nah. the? Uh, I, I don't know what to make of this Magic team. Um, I mean, 
Chris Paul, um, I mean, just looking at his grades, he should be better. To, I mean, statistically, I mean, he, he, I, I, he's like almost like Detlef Schrempf to me, where Detlef Schrempf for a year, for a few seasons, had those grades that you thought he should be performing better than that. And now this season, he is. Um, do you think Chris Paul can can eventually turn it on? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one over to JHB first uh, about uh, about the Magic. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure what MJ is doing with his depth chart, but I was. At the beginning of the season, I would have thought that Chris Paul would be doing better on that team than 24 points a game, um, just with the lack of other options uh, there to to take the scoring load off of him. But this is that like odd team that's middle of the road that I mean that clearly has some decent players on it, but not anyone that I think he'll get anything of value back for in a trade because. Shaq's 33 and has an awful contract. Turns the ball over way too much for a center. Diogu looks really good, but unless he extends him, I'm not sure. Is he an MLE? If he extends him for uh, three years. Yeah, he's MLE. He's 4,500, so he should be an MLE contract. Yeah, so if he can extend him out two years, I think he could get a fairly good return for him. But the guys that would be looking for a point guard right now are not going to be willing to make a trade till the off season. So I don't really see him getting anything back on Paul if he tries to blow it up right this second either. So he's kind yeah. of stuck because I don't see yeah. him moving. I don't see him getting what he thinks he deserves for Ike. And I really don't see there being a huge market for Chris Paul until the off season. So um, for his sake, Jonathan Isaac and Wade Baldwin, turn into something, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I had a lot of hope for Jonathan Isaac when he was coming out, but he's really not blossomed into anything. Um, I, I thought, really think he would be a power forward, but... You mean, I thought I thought Isaac, when he came out, I thought he was going to be like a like a George Ackles Jr. Um, I, I really thought he was going to be like him, uh, just a dominant small forward that plays good defense, rebounds, and efficient score. I mean, I, I, that's what I thought he was going to be, and he just hasn't come up to be that yet. Uh, but, Pete, uh, what do you think about this Chris Paul and, and, and uh, this Orlando Magic team? Do you think uh, do you think Paul is going to could turn into, like, a Dutless Shrimp and eventually explode into something, or, or do you think he's just kind of a, a wasted player? I mean, he is – still only 25 uh which is crazy i feel like he's been in the league for longer than that but i you know i guess it's a uh, you know just one of those things that he's kind of been toiling away down there so it, you kind of lose track of how long someone's been around uh but i mean i i think that he can improve he's certainly gotten better as a player you know but i i don't know how much more he can you know i, I don't think he's going to be he's certainly not where you want him to be defensively, I would say, you know, he's, but, uh, but, you know, I, I think he can develop into somebody who's maybe worth that contract in a couple of years, but, you know, it's, it's just going to take a little luck from training camp or, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like, I, I, it depends on how the draft goes this year, but if the Lakers, you know, decide that they're ready to go, uh, I could see them trying to, you know, buy low on, on Paul and 
maybe uh, seeing if they can salvage him. Okay. Um, let's move on to the Central Division now. Um, in the Central Division, we got just a lot of teams that are just ho- just kind of hovering around each other. Um, I mean, you got the Hornets, the Pacers, uh, the Cavs, the Bulls. Um, I mean, all at 33 wins. Um, obviously, the, the Hornets are only at 20 losses, and um, Hornets mm-hmm. look like they're fading though. They're three and seven in their last ten. Um, any of these teams um, strike you as, as a team that could be a contender? Um, I'm going to throw this over to JHB first. Uh, short answer: No. <laughs> okay. what's, the, what's the long answer? <laughs> also no. <laughs> it's no. It's no. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Okay, Pete. Uh, how about how about for you, uh, Pete? Uh, do you see anything here that uh, that that could be make a, made a contender out of these teams? Yeah, barring a postseason surge by the Raptors, uh, I, I don't think there's going to be much hope here. Now, I I think that the Central uh, continues to play the whipping boy in the Eastern conference. And, uh, and, you know, they, they, they've got some good teams, a couple okay teams, and then some bad teams, but there's, there's nobody that I'd expect to make it out of maybe like the second round, you know, who's the, uh, who's the GM of the Pacers? That's uh, uh, Jerry West. If he would just go all in and upgrade Johnny Cox, and give MJ a package he can't refuse to take Chris Paul away, I would say that maybe he slide up into the the level of being like on the coattails of those three teams from the Atlantic. Yeah, I I will uh play since it is trade deadline day in in real life. I'll I'll put on my uh, Woj bomb cap and and drop some news here that uh, basically because this trade was already posted and then they removed it. Uh, because it was, yeah, I think they got to wait till day 90 or something. But the Pacers did make a trade uh, for Hal Greer from the Rockets. Uh, so I think they paid like a first and sent Cox and maybe like a couple other players for uh, Hal Greer. So <laughs> slight upgrade, but he's still he's not really playing well this year either. So I don't know that it's going to move the needle that much for him. Yeah, he should have gone a little bit bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, um I I I looking at the in the Cavs, you I mean they they kinda got hit with uh retirements in this past off season. I mean, um who they had what to, didn't they have like two guys retire on them? Um, um Yeah, they, he he traded for Embiid and Allen Houston and both of them Retired, but he traded Sarich, who also retired. So he'd have been in the same shape either way, probably. Yeah. Who's that? The cat? Yeah. The yeah. Cats, yeah. And okay. I imagine if he would have had, if he would have had a need, um, um, in in Houston. I mean, that 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 would be an interesting team. Um, because to me, it looks that that looks like a little bit of what he's missing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm gonna agree with you guys that the, that the rest of these teams. Are um, are going to be pretenders in the in the central, unfortunately. Um, let's move on to the west, uh, which 
is deep into my heart because obviously, but um, we have the Midwest division. We'll go there first. Um, we have uh, four teams over 40 wins. Um, we have um, the Kansas City Kings, the Houston Rockets, the Timberwolves, and uh, Utah Jazz. Um, any of these teams that you see are uh, contenders or pretenders? Yeah. Mm, uh, I'm going to throw this over to Gage first. <laughs> Sorry. A little bit distracted here watching uh, watching uh, watching uh, the basketball game. But wait, who's answering? Is it me or Pete? Uh, JHB. I'll throw it to JHB first. I think the Jazz are overrated. Go Kings. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'm actually surprised at how good the Timberwolves are. Um, I mean, they've definitely got some good pieces, but they just it seems like they've got a, a sort of big hole at the four. Luke Walton, I mean, his numbers look decent, but, I mean, he doesn't shoot for a high percentage. He doesn't seem to be a great rebounder. And he's got D-minus defense despite the steal and block numbers. So I I didn't think that they would be that good with him playing that position. And then they kind of seem to have, three guys kind of all shoved in that are sort of point guard build and size playing the one through three. It's just an odd team makeup to be that successful in a, in a conference that competitive. But, I mean, they're doing a pretty good job. I just – I don't see them lasting very long in the playoffs. I think the two horses in that division are the, the Kings and the Jazz. And then the Rockets kind of have a chance to make some noise. Uh they're getting a lot of good play out of Richard Lewis and Sleepy Floyd. So those two guys could take them a lot longer than you might think. Okay. Uh, Pete, what, what do you make out of uh, the top here of the West, the Midwest? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I agree with that. I do think that the Rockets are kind of in that, uh, in that territory of, of being able to, make a deep playoff run. I, I really didn't even notice until JHB said that, that Sleepy Floyd was uh, killing it so much this year. So I'm, I'm happy to see that he's, uh, his, he's succeeding well in his life after Toronto. But, uh, but I, I really, uh, I think that the jazz, they, they got out of the gates quick. Uh, you know, they, they, you've got a really, I would say well-balanced team. Uh, Chet Walker was a, was a huge pickup obviously. And, you know, uh, I think has boosted up the uh, the wing depth, uh, and and you've got some other pieces that you know could develop to keep the keep your run going after this year. But uh, but I think you you've definitely got a shot at uh, at taking down any any other team in the league uh, in the playoffs. So, uh, but the Kings, I mean, LeBron is right there. They're like I think on pace for the most blocks ever or something like that uh, for a team. So uh, I, I'd say those two and, and the Rockets are, are really uh, strong competitors. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, uh, the, the Kings really, um, when they got Oladipo, I, I thought that was a huge move for them um, to, to pair that with LeBron James. I mean, those two wings that block shots like that are just, just freaking phenomenal. Um, 
mean, he, I mean, he's put together a really, really good team. And, and the team that I'm really, really don't want to face come playoff time. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he, I really, really like what he's done. I kind of really agree with what JHB, um, with his assessment of the Timberwolves. Um, I think Luke Walton should be a small forward. Um, I mean, play him, play him down at the three. Um, I mean, play Long as your shooting guard, Dwayne Wade as your backup, Lillard as your point guard. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, and, and find some and get some bigs that play the, the power forward and center. Um, I mean, I, I just think that would be a better, much better setup for his team than what he, than Luke Walton playing that four. Um, um, I think that his size at the small forward would, uh, it, with that rebounding and those blocks, would make him much more valuable at the small forward spot. Um, looking at the, the Rockets, I mean, it, him getting Lewis was so huge in this offseason. And, and, and Amir Johnson I really like. Uh, I mean, Brendan Haywood, I mean, he's got a really, really good team as well. So, um I, I, he's definitely going to be one of the, the teams out there in the playoffs, but uh, in the remaining in the, in the West. Uh, but while we move on to the Pacific, uh, well, actually, let's talk about the rest of the Midwest here. Um, Oklahoma City, 34-23, the right in the cusp of the playoffs. San Antonio Spurs, 24-38. Denver Nuggets, 10-14. Um, are you guys a little bit surprised that OKC is uh, is kind of where they're at? Um that uh, that you mean with 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 what they put together, uh, JHP. I'm going to throw that over to you first. Well, I have a question. Has has GBG been able to get back to any type of relevance or success since that original run that he had with Sue's players? No, no, not not really. Uh, he had he got That's what I thought. fucked when uh, he tanked right after that because he he ended up with like two top picks, but he took uh, Derek Rose and Andrew Wiggins, who Eric was making the players, and uh, if you read any of Eric's stuff, yeah, he, he, like, completely hates those guys, so they busted real hard. Yeah, I remember that. And then uh, he had Lillard and seemed like he was building something good because he he basically had this core plus Damian Lillard, uh, and then Lillard bailed on him, and that kind of – left him scrambling. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's necessarily his fault that he hasn't been able to build a good team, but yeah, it's, it's been pretty rocky since the dynasty days. Yeah. I mean, um, it just seems like he's reluctant to, you know, move pieces that he has and, and, and to blow it up. It's like you eat, He's on this cusp of you mean seventh eighth seed the last few seasons and and, um, and uh, he, he's just not moving the pieces or, or or not getting pieces around there. Um, I just don't know what to make of it. Um, but uh, we'll move on now to the uh, to the Pacific uh, top of the Pacific. I think there's really two teams. Um, to really that, that highlight to me that our contenders are, are Golden State and, and Portland. Um, 
I'm going to throw this over to JHB first. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on the top of the Pacific here? Um, I think the the Trailblazers are going to end up winning it. Uh, they've kind of didn't they kind of get off to a slow start and have been fairly good over the last five or six sims? Because um, I feel like they just started at like five hundred. They're, they're six and four in their last ten. Um, yeah, see that. I mean, they they've kind of been where they're at. I mean, all season. Yeah. I mean, where they've kind of been, um, kind of just in that pack of teams right behind Kansas City, Houston, um, and Utah. They've kind of just been behind them for most of the season, uh, which has been surprising um, to me. Yeah, I I mean, I just. I don't get why the the Warriors are putting up the numbers that they are. I mean, Karasev is, is really good, and Dirk is extremely efficient. But beyond that, I mean, the team just looks okay. Looks like a bunch of guys that could play for the Hawks. <laughs> well, I mean, he is putting up 61.2 rebounds a game. Um, yeah, it's, that's what I would say. Is it, it seems like his team, you know, everybody kind of laughed when he joked about, or when he was talking about how many rebounds his team was going to average a few years ago. Uh, but he he's built a really strong rebounding team this year, and I, I think that's probably what's making a big difference for him. Yeah, they don't turn yeah. it over either. He's finally got somebody that can play small forward too. You know, he's trotting uh, X Man out for years and and trying to, you know, fly in the face of advanced statistics and and prove that he was a good player. But uh, but yeah, getting Bender in there, I think, has has finally gotten the team to click a, a bit more. I guess yeah, they are really scoring. Yeah. They are number one in effective field goal. So I guess it's the offense and the rebounding. Yeah, I guess they are better than I thought. That surprise, it surprises yeah. me too. I, I I don't know where it came from, but all of a sudden they coalesced into a really good team. Yeah, I mean, um, that that's the biggest thing to me is I mean, it's just his rebounding. Um, I mean, he, he's put together a team that rebounds really well. I mean, I don't know. Um, obviously – with Bender getting up there in age, um, and uh, don't know how long he's going to be able to sustain that. Um, um, but but definitely for this season, they're, they're they're a very very interesting team. A team that can rebound like that um, is definitely uh, I would think a contender. Um, but um, Portland, um, I'm going to throw this over to Pete about Portland. Portland. Portland just seems off this year. Can you can you put your finger on anything with Portland that's just a little bit different this year? Yeah. Well, I mean, we did talk about the uh, Brent Price trade, which I guess that was mid-season, but uh, you know, I think sending him away, you know, he he got older. They, the team at, in general is is just getting a little bit older, uh, and so you know, I think it's reasonable to expect that there's going to be some drop off, you know, LaSalle Thompson is, uh, is kind of 
shooting too much. And uh, I don't know. I, I think he's still got some good players and, and, you know, is still just as dangerous as, you know, Trailblazers teams uh, in the past couple of years have been. But I can see why maybe there's a, a little bit of a drop-off here. You know, I, I just think that eventually some of these guys start to slip a little bit. Okay. Um, anybody else from the Pacific you think uh, could be a contender here between, like, the Clippers, the Sonics? Um, you think either one of those teams can jump into being a contender status? I mean, I don't see the, the Sonics – Unless something just changes and all of a sudden it clicks and they go on a streak, uh, they kind of have a lot of ground to make up. And outside of Oluwakandi, I don't see anyone on the Clippers that's going to, you know, be the horse to to make them a run. I mean, they don't have anyone else that's scoring more than 19 points a game. I mean, there's not a whole lot of offense on that team. And – they don't really have anyone on the outside guys that's a great shooter. And Cornell Green, but he's 15 points a game. And I just don't see them being able to hold up and score enough. He seems like he's on the verge of going ahead and starting over. Okay. Uh, Pete, what, what are your thoughts on, the, on the, the other two teams that are kind of in playoff contention in there in the Pacific? Yeah, I think if the Sonics can overcome their bad luck and make it into the playoffs, you know, I I, I wouldn't say that they are a championship contender, obviously, you know, but I I do think that they've got the kind of players that could make for a very dangerous first-round matchup uh, for somebody. You know, if you've got a player like Prince and and, uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth as your backcourt, then, you know, if you catch them just having a few good games, uh, then that's a pretty tough team to beat. Uh, so I, I could see a situation where he sneaks in as the eight or even maybe the seven seed and takes down a, a team like the Jazz or, or uh, you know, one of those teams that Go to hell. would – I'm just saying, you know, I, I think your team <laughs> is better, but well, me, I definitely – He's definitely not a team I want to face first round. Um, yeah. I agree with you entirely there. Um, he's definitely a team that I'm looking at that I just don't want to face. Um, it's not a team I want to see as an eight seed. Um, give give me give me my uh, give me give me give me the Clippers, please. I mean, I feel good about that in the first round. Um, but uh, but the Sonics, please stay the fuck out of the playoffs. I fell up. I like you. I mean, you, you did podcast. We had a Western Conference podcast not too long ago. I love you, but stay the fuck out of the playoffs as an eight seed. If you get in the playoffs, get in as a seven seed, not as an eight seed. Please stay the fuck away from the eight seed. Um, but I'm gonna throw a question at you guys here. Um, in in Kansas City Kings are a team that kind of are a team that went from um, building to uh, now a contending team. Um, of the teams that are currently tanking, do you, who do you think is going to be, like, the next Kansas, Kansas City King team that is going to go from, like, this team that's rebuilding to the contender? Who, who do you think has the pieces to do it? I'm going to throw it over to, to, to Pistol first. 
So, so who, who's the team? Obviously, you have some pieces in Toronto, but uh, but uh, outside of your Toronto Raptors, who do you think is going to be that team that's going to be like the next Kansas City Kings that's going to go from being a tanker to being uh, being uh, being a contender? Yeah, I, I was hoping the Raptors would be in position to make that kind of leap next year, but frankly, uh, we have not found a piece good enough, I think, to to start making those plans. So I might be in the middle of a bank stack here. But uh, but I, I think that the Lakers are probably one that I, I, I would expect to make a big leap this year uh, or, or starting next year uh, just because he's already got, I, I would say, at least two uh, wing players that I think are going to turn out uh, really well. He's got, uh, you know, a, a decent big in uh, Pachulia, and, you know, he's probably going to add – he's got a very good chance of adding either a top-flight point guard prospect in, in Chauncey or Tim Duncan, who obviously it would be – you know, we'd expect to be really good right away, or Tracy McGrady, who he could either, you know, find a home for to, for something else or, or just try and develop him along with his other wings. So I, I think that they're in a position where they've got a lot of talent and Ian uh, looks, he, he pays a lot of attention to this. So he's, he's going to know which players to target when he's ready to, uh, to exit his tank and, and, you know, build up a, a pretty good team. So I, I, I'd say the Lakers. Okay. Uh, same question over to you, JHB. Any of these tanking teams that you see is going to be uh, as the next Kansas City Kings they go from a tanking team to a contender? Would you count the Celtics as a tanking team? I like their yeah, yeah. their one two, I, three. I, yeah, I would, just, I, I would consider guys, them. Uh, yeah, I would consider I, them. I like I like Jackson. I like Smith as long as Stump keeps pumping the points into his outside shot. I think if he takes a guy like Buddy Heald and gets a good another good big in the draft this year, takes Buddy Hilden some picks and swings it for an even better wing, like a high efficiency wing, I think that could be the team that turns it around and is the uh is the next one that's knocking on the door to win divisions and he could be part of a four team elite group at the top of the Atlantic. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I would kind of really side towards what Pete said with uh, the Lakers. Lakers are a team that really interests me. Um, I mean, I, I I really like um, the two wings that he has in Ingram uh, and Tatum. Um, I mean, I, I think those two are going to be really, really good players. And, and once he gets a point guard, um, fills out that roster a little bit, but I think he's going to be a, a really, really good team in the future. Um, you guys, you guys yeah, like now, Ingram? What's that? Do you guys like Ingram? I don't think he shoots enough. And generally, I don't. Someone that's only shooting and making eight points a game at 27 minutes, those guys generally don't turn into your 30 point a game scores. I, yeah, I think yeah. he's young enough, and uh, I, I I do think that he can get up to at least like. 20 per game and and he's got the defense it looks like i mean he's blocking like you know almost a block a game and uh 
in 26 minutes, which is which is pretty good starting defense. So I, I think he could turn into a uh, a good player. I mean, he's he's not the like he's not a star right now for sure, but but he could get there. Yeah, just just looking up, um, you also got to keep in mind that looking at his depth charts, um, Ingram is playing the backup at the at the shooting guard and small forward, and he's not even a scoring option right now. So um, he's not even really being a focus in the offense whatsoever. So uh, I think that if he were to become a focus in the offense. Um, I mean, I think that along with natural attrition just by his age and, and, and him becoming better through time, I mean, I think he can become a better scorer. Um, but he did, like as Pete said, I mean, he's doing a lot of the little things that you really want to see in a wing um, where he's rebounding pretty well, playing some good defense, um, scoring efficiencies there. Um, we just need to see the volume go up, which – is definitely you're right by that JHB. Um, but um, something, something else you'd like to bring up uh, on the podcast tonight um, and get your thoughts uh, on this. Um, this season um, in our um, in our article section, we, we, we have dueling top tens. Um, we have one by... Uh, Eric, which took over uh, after after Pete uh, had, had held over the reins, and we have another one uh, this season by uh, Fasson that's uh, doing it. Um, Pete, uh, what are your thoughts on the, on the dueling rookie ladders? Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, I was happy that Fazon brought his back just because I, I think. I, I appreciate what Eric does with his player analysis. I, I think he looks at it way more in depth than uh, I did or, or Faison did. And, and you know, some of the stuff that he talks about in, in his letter changed some of the ways that I look at rookies or look at prospects that I'm, that I'm developing. Uh, but I do think that he has a tendency to uh, – put way too much stock in things like preseason and summer league, which aren't real representations of the league and then uh, fall in love with guys who've played like five minutes a game uh, and are putting up good numbers. And so like, I, I think Faison is doing a good job of, of balancing it and showing like, Hey, these are guys who are actually producing a little bit better while getting some real minutes as opposed to uh to just the guys who you know Eric's spreadsheet spits out uh that are doing well even if they're only playing like 6 minutes a game or something. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on the on the dueling uh rookie ladders JHP? Uh I I I kind of like having both of them just because they are written from two different perspectives. One's a more analytics-oriented one, and one's kind of the more traditional mindset that GMs sort of look at. So it kind of gives you a different perspective and allows you to get a look at some guys that you might not if it were just one or the other's um, ladder. But I will say I agree with Pete. For someone who is such a stated sample size queen like Eric is, 
he does fall in some in love with some guys that play eight minutes a game or show out in the the summer league, like Demontis Sabonis being his preseason number one, despite not blocking any shots. That kind of stuff. He just he seems to he seems to fly in the face of his own logic sometimes with some of the picks that he makes. Yeah, no, the thing the thing that gets me with um, with Eric Slatter, you I mean, and again, I, I love the work that Eric does and and, and the stuff that he puts out there, but I, I almost think that he doesn't take into account um, individual players' future growth. Um, I mean, just like how we were talking about Ingram. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things to like what you're seeing that he's doing. Um, sure, the volume might not be there, but you know what? That's something that might come over time. I mean, I, I don't think he he's looking only at what's in front of him and not the the ceiling of the individual player um, and the growth of that individual player. Um, I, I'll say I, I think that he does take growth into account and sometimes probably too much, uh, but it's not necessarily like, like I think he looks at it as what attributes are they high in or low in and what's the likelihood that those attributes are going to grow, you know, just based on the way their stats look. Like if, you know, he's looked at a lot of point guard, like the point guard that he's got really high uh, is what's the name Uh, on the white yeah, Whitehead, who's averaging who's average, like six turnovers a game. Turnovers yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, but but he's you know confident, I guess, that somebody with low handling, who's a point guard, will grow in that. And and I don't know that that's always the case. And I, I think sometimes you end up with guys like T.J. Ford or or hopefully not Markel Fultz, but you know that may never get that much better at turn, you know, handling the ball. Uh, but, you know, there's some certain things that I think he expects to grow, so he'll just completely discount if someone's got a horrible turnover issue and they're a point guard their rookie year. Okay. Um, well, let's change a little bit of focus here. Um, and uh, Ian put out a mock draft recently um, for the 30-45 season. Um, so thanks, Ian, for putting this work together. Um, and uh, let's uh, give me some yay or nays and, what, and how you guys think uh, this would kind of fall down. Uh, Ian put it out there, number one overall, Tim Duncan. Um, do you guys kind of see that? Or is that the kind of the consensus number one, in your opinion? Um, JHP, what do you think? That's who I would say. Okay. Um, Pete? I I really like Duncan, uh, but I think KN actually in shout maybe yesterday said that, you know, while it was, yeah, I, I think we all expect Duncan to be really good, uh, he'd still go with T-Mac number one. And I, I'd say it's it's definitely, it would be between those two, but I could, I could see someone taking T-Mac over Duncan, despite okay. Duncan having, like, clear, like, finished product grades. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, if I had a number one pick, uh, I couldn't go away from the pretty safe thing. I, I feel like I'd want to come away with what I, I feel is a, a pretty sure thing to be very, very good over someone like McGrady who still could have a bad first TC 
and end up being just a pretty good player. Yeah, that, that T-Mac being 19, you know, it, it could be a blessing for him, but I think a lot of times it seems like uh, lately those 19-year-olds are, are disappointing in uh, – you know, in their first TC. So he, he's he got a bit of that boom or bust potential. But, you know, if he turns into a stud, having a stud wing is is more valuable than a, a stud big man. So I can and see. And Tracy McGrady would also be shooting guard eligible, I believe. Um, yeah. Top of it, so, which is a huge plus because he'll be a 6'9 shooting guard in, in essence. Um, so, I mean, I, I could see KN – uh, point of view on that of going with T Mac over Duncan, but I, I kind of would side with JHB where I, I would kind of lean towards Duncan. So um, brings us to the second pick, which it was Tracy McGrady. So uh, I think we are, are we in consensus right there that you I mean Duncan? Yeah, those guys are one. one big. Okay, um, third on his list, um, he has. Um, going to the Toronto Raps, Raptors, uh, a, a Sean, is that the Raptors logo? I can't yeah, yeah that. it's Raptors. Is that a Raptors logo? That's what I thought. Uh, Chauncey Billups uh, going going out there at number three. Um, I'm going to throw this over to JHB first. Uh, Chauncey Billups three. Uh, it makes sense to you, or is somebody else on this list that you think would go up uh, ahead of him? I think he's a clear number three. And I think even with Pete having Fultz, I think you take him. And then whichever one shows to be the one that can play point guard without turning the ball over better, you play that one at the one and you move the other one to the two. Because I know Fultz for sure definitely has the size to move over to the two and probably could slide over there with no real issues. Okay. Um, Pete, uh, what, what are your thoughts on uh, your team uh, <laughs> drafting uh, Chalky Bullock? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think, uh, like JHP said, this is this is best player available, and and I would either have to look at trading down and seeing what I could get, but probably I would I would take Chauncey, and uh, and yeah, with with Fultz being as big as he is, and you know, a good rebounder, good uh, shot blocker, uh, I could easily see him either, you know, sliding over to the two, or if I decide you know if Jamal Murray turns into a player uh which he's he's had a decent rookie season uh then I could even go with uh Fultz as like a super sub uh, you know backing up like point guard shooting guard small forward and I think he's got the versatility to be able to do that uh so I I think that there would still be some options for me if if the draft were to shake out this way you know I I think if I end up Top three, I'll be happy getting any of these three. So, okay. um, for coming down, this is where I find, I mean, to get a little bit interesting. Um, in his mock to the Bobcats, he's got William Gates, six foot point guard, uh, B minus um, inside, B mm-hmm. outside, uh, C plus handle, C plus defense, C minus rebounding, A potential. Um, I'm going to throw this over to JHB. What are your thoughts on on this pick? Anybody that you would see um, kind of going ahead of him, or, or do you think this is a good pick? Here? I mean, I think it's the right pick. I think he's pretty clearly ahead. 
pretty close to Chauncey, but if not right there with him, he's clearly ahead above the Keith Van Horn, Ron Mercer, Antonio Daniels tier that comes next. Although I will say I do like Antonio Daniels uh, and that set of better than B minus, you know, B minus and better grades that he's got. But yeah. I think I think you take I think you take Gates at four, and then that next three picks is I I think he did a pretty good job with what he's got here, uh, at least to this point. Okay, um, Pete, what what do you think? Would does William Gates here make sense for you, or, or would you go a different route in your in your opinion? Uh, I don't know actually. I mean it, it's. A, it's uh, it's always hard to get a read on on how Odin wants to uh, go with his draft or or his rebuild in general, and uh, and I think he might be uh, one of those that steers clear of drafting a point guard because he's so early into a tank. Uh, so if that were the case, I could see him going Van Horn uh, instead. Uh, but you know, I, I think that. There's probably yeah a cluster of like a, a second tier of players that uh that all would sort of make sense, but you know I think until we see them in a summit, uh, it's going to be hard to get a read on on the pecking order beyond that top three. Okay. Um. So basically, the Keith Van Horn next, Ron Mercer. Um, Antonio Daniels, Tim Thomas, Mickey Moore, um, which I don't even know. Who the fuck is Mickey Moore? Is that a real player? Yeah, he, he played in the league, I think. But I, I think people are uh, high on him because I guess he's a Nebraska player. So uh, given how Tyron Liu exploded, I think there's some that are expecting him to do the same. Uh then rounding out after Mickey Moore, we have Stephen Jackson, uh, Daniel Foyle, uh, Calvin Cato, and Arthur G. Uh, um, are, are the people out there? Um, I don't know. What What do you make of the depth of this draft in comparison to what we've seen before? Um, I'm going to throw this over to Pistol first. Pistol, what do you think of the depth of, well, let's say this year's this. 3045 as opposed to 3044, what we just saw. Yeah, I, I think this is uh, a bit weaker of a class. I mean, it, it's it's a a lot older. Uh, so you you'd kind of hope, given that a lot of these guys are like 22, 23, that uh, that they might have a little bit better starting grades. But really, I, I think it's kind of a a weak draft once you get past the top three or four guys. Uh, you know, so I, I don't, I don't know that, uh, that there's going to be a rush of people trying to like trade into this draft. Uh, but we'll see, you know, I, I think there'll be good players as we get in the, in the late lottery or, or mid first too. So, uh, they, you know, twenties and, and, all the other commissioners before him usually do a good job of peppering in some good players, even in a class that doesn't necessarily look like it's going to be that good. Okay. Um, 
JC, what are your thoughts on this uh, draft class as opposed to the one we just had? Well, I don't. I wasn't here for the last class, so I really can't oh. speak unknowing about it so much perspective. I haven't really gone back and looked at it too much. But I will tell you, I lost interest after about Captain Jack. And instead of the mock draft article, I started reading the 10 things I hate about William Gates article from 2.0. Like, he is a traitorous coward. He has a stupid face. He hates puppies. He hates homosexuals. (laughs) back to fight that he may be one himself. He supports Sarah Palin. He doesn't tip well. (laughs) Didn't have the back of his teammates. Doesn't put the toilet seat down. Menace to Bay Area Highways. Hates kids, so sounds like a fucking awful human being. Yeah, <laughs> clown, clown really laid into him. It seemed a little personal. <laughs> um, but that was at the time. I remember one of the greatest articles of 2.0. Uh, and, and this class doesn't really have a whole lot interesting after Captain Jack for me. Uh, I mean, well, a Donald Floyd like a good defender, but that D outside, I really hate that shit. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, there's, there's, one play, there's one player that interests me um, in the in, in this, and that would be Steven Jackson. 6'8", um, um, can grow to 6'9", um, going to be shooting guard eligible at 6'9", um, B-minus inside, C-plus outside, C-plus handle, C-plus defense, C-rebounding, A-potential. Um, I, I, he's the type of guy that I, I think is pretty interesting on, on, on a wing, um, 19 years old, that could be a 6'9 shooting guard. I mean, I think he's pretty interesting of a player. Um, what, what do you think, JHB, about the, like a Steven Jackson? Yeah, I mean, if he were still available when I will probably be picking at the end of the lottery, that's definitely a guy I would be trying to snap up with hopes that he could turn into a, a pretty good wing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think he, I think he probably deserves to be slotted maybe in the seven to nine range rather than where they've got him at. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's definitely just looking at the list. He's just the one person that I would, I mean, almost slot him just above Keith Van Horn. I mean, I, I don't know yeah. why. Keith Van Horn looks like one of those guys that just is going to end up not improving his defense at all, and no one's going to be interested in him if he doesn't shoot 50% or better. So he's got yeah. – I think he's yeah. really low. Van Horn reminds me a lot of uh, uh, – what's his name from Duke? Uh, uh, not Grant Hill, but uh, – Leitner? Yeah, Leitner. When we had Leitner in the league, he, he looked oh, a yeah. lot similar as a prospect where he good – you know, starting scoring grades like BB or something like that, but he just never really developed into much because his defense was really uh, subpar. Yeah, I mean, um, I I don't envision that Keith Van Harn will come at five. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him towards the end of the lottery, just outside the lottery. I just don't. I think once the summit happens, if the summit happens this year, uh, please, 20s, let that happen. Um, I'd like to see summit numbers. Um, I, I think he's definitely a player that's going to fall out of here. Um, what um, What are your thoughts, guys, on Tim Thomas? 
Um, he's another player that interests me a little bit. Um, I think he's a player that, I mean, I would definitely slot up there right after excuse me, the top four um, that we've kind of mentioned. Um, I'm going to throw this over to uh, JHB first. What, what are your thoughts on Tim Thomas? He is one of those guys that looks tantalizing, but because of his real-life reputation, I feel like it's going to be that guy that gets 100 jumping and gets his his jumper and his three-point balance where neither one of them looks very good. And then the defense is just all quickness and perimeter defense and no actual steals. So it's the mirage that makes you think he's going to be good, but then the stats just look like shit and no one no one pays any attention to him after like a year or two. That's, that's my fear with drafting Tim Thomas is just because he kind of had that in real life reputation of being so close to being good or always looking yeah. like he was going to be a good player and then never really. Yeah, the Bulls fucking to... acquired him twice. And, and I thought each time, oh, thank God. And it's like both times they fucking just got rid of him. I mean, I was like, what the fuck? I mean, he's, I thought this guy, I thought he was going to be really good. You know? um, I don't know. Pistol, what do you think on uh, Tim Thomas? Uh, you know, I, I think JHB actually brings a, re- a really good point up about reputation. I, I'd say that's why I think uh, Steven Jackson is someone that a lot of people have their eye on is, is he's one of those guys that uh, whether, you know, you you liked how he played or not, there's no denying that, like, he's one of the more memorable players out of this draft class. And so it's it's hard to imagine him just kind of fading away into obscurity. But Tim Thomas is uh, is definitely the kind of guy that could. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, 20s is a fan of Villanova teams and uh, and really liked Tim Thomas from, from those days and, uh, and, you know, looks past his – substandard pro career, but, uh, you know, I, I think he could end up being good, but there's, there's definitely a risk that he's just going to be, you know, just another guy basically. Okay. Um, okay. Well, we covered that. Um, so why don't we go to, uh, some playoff predictions and that's kind of where we can uh, finish this podcast up on, um, but throw it to JHB first, uh, Give me your uh, Eastern Conference winner, your Western Conference winner, and who do you see winning it all? Uh, I think we're going to get Jazz versus Nets with the Nets winning the title this year. Okay. Uh, Pistol, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm going with the Sixers. Uh, I think that they will finally uh, break through in in the East this year in the playoffs. And then uh, I'm going to go with the Kings. Uh, in the West, and I'll take the I'll, I'll take the uh, I'll take the Kings actually. Okay. Um, funny enough, um, Pistol, you you took the exact uh, uh, setup that I was going to take with uh, <laughs> the Kings and the Seventy Sixers. Um, um, as I mentioned earlier, the, the Kings are a team I, I really don't want to face in the playoffs. I'm up, I'm hoping somebody knocks them off. Because this team is really scary looking um, with those blocks. Um, 76ers, I think that his depth and his bigs um, are going to get him past the Knicks. Um, so I think it's going to be the 76ers, the Kings. I think the 76ers are going to win it, uh, is going to be my prediction. 
But uh, so, um, fine. I'm going to throw it over to JHP. Uh, any final shots, final words uh, before we end the podcast? Nah, I really don't have a whole lot. Okay. Uh, Pistol, how about you, buddy? Hey, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful that Soup uh, stopped by here, and uh, I'm sure that uh, we will be hearing more of him as, as this uh, Billy King saga unfurls, because I got, I got a feeling that he's got something to do with it as well. So I uh, look yeah. forward to the un- unrolling of this hoax whenever it uh, it comes out. Yeah, I mean, it's being worked up right now because we've seen Billy King show up and, and, and make that trade um, in the trade section, and, and, and now he's in a shout, uh, and yes. okay. conveniently Soup shows up on the podcast. So, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you that we're going to see something unveil here shortly. Um, that or host of the trade and the trade thread. If he is just a random person that came to the board, what? Why the fuck would you make that post? It was so stupid. Well, I just wasn't that. I that was a real that, life trade. Uh, I was like, who the fuck is this idiot? Yeah. But, yeah. So uh, we'll... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, I, I think we we're gonna see something unfold with that. You I mean, Soup loves his old drama stuff, so. Um, I mean, I, I think we're going to see something unfold that, that soup has something to do with that. Um, it's just too convenient on the timing. But uh, so I, I really want to thank JHB and, and, and Pistol for joining me tonight. Um, it was great to talk to you guys for an hour and a half about some Sim League stuff. I hope everyone that listens to the podcast uh, gets something out of it. We tried to cover as many teams as we could tonight uh, and as much as, big as we could. Um, I'll try to coordinate with 20s on maybe doing a podcast for uh, uh, the playoffs and maybe we can get something going uh, uh, on that night so we can get some live reveals on on free agency and stuff like that and who's going to be in the free agency and things like that. Uh, But, again, thank you guys. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone uh, that participates in the league. Um, Have a great night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.